0: Y Eagles post game show after another blowout loss for the Philadelphia Eagles in a game against an NFC contender the Eagles going to Dallas Arlington rather and losing 33 to 13 after surrendering 24 points on the first four Dallas Cowboys possessions the defense and very ugly first half of the offense not so much better as Jalen Hurts, DeVonte Smith and AJ Brown all fumble the ball away Uh, This game was a little bit competitive in the early third quarter, but really another bad performance from the Philadelphia Eagles. They are now 11th in the league in point differential. They dropped to 10 and three on the season, technically in second place in the NFC East, although they do still control their own destiny there, but they have surrendered the top spot in the NFC. They have gotten through that five game gauntlet at three and two, but the way in which those two losses came, Jamie has to make you seriously questioning how serious this team is come playoff time.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't want to overreact to last week and just being one lo- bad loss, you know, last week, you know, team on long rest, you on short rest, you know, the snaps, the emotional wins, the two prior weeks, all that stuff. Uh, at halftime, I began to think, oh, well, I guess it was fair to react to last weekend uh, because there's really nothing they're doing well. Um you know, you you mentioned the defense there. Yeah, obviously when you let up scoring possessions on more or less 11 straight possessions uh, over two games, it's very concerning.
0: What the hell happened to this offense? Did not score a touchdown in this game. Uh, Of the 13 points, seven came from a great play by Fletcher Cox to force a fumble, and Jalen Carter scoops it up and runs it in. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if, like, you were out there forcing sacks, too? I mean, the Eagles, it could be worse. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, mean, at least it would be funny. Me and Nicholas Morrow would give similar efforts. I believe that's right. And, yes, uh, for those of you who are uh, calling to account and hoping to repent because the Christian Ellis God is a vengeful God, as we warned, it did come to pass, uh, the Eagles now without a win, 0-1-1 in the post-Christian Ellis era. But that's a topic for another day. I am Bo Wolf. That's Jamie Lynch. We're going to hear from Zach Berman live from at and Stadium in probably about 45 minutes or so would be my guess. But uh, a lot to talk about, Jamie, in this game that was, yeah. I-, I think, just like, tell me this. The Eagles go to Seattle next week. Right. which is not on a, on a, on an, an easy, not an easy place or team to play and go out there for a, a Monday night game in a place that's going to now give Geno Smith extra time to probably be ready to play in that game. Then they close after that with, you know, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. So you, you think that you're going to get probably at least three wins there. But the way that they're playing right now, I think it's fair to say, like, there are, uh, there are no guarantees that this team is going to be making any, any kind of deep playoff run. What, what, what is the thing that you are most concerned about right now?
1: I was actually just going to ask you, too, like, which one's more concerning to you, the offense or the defense? Because I've been kind of batting that around my head for the last quarter. Uh, and when I went to the bathroom right before we came on air, too much information, I know. Uh, I was thinking, like, are these next four games as easy now as we once thought? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I mean certainly they have something to prove now. Yeah. Um I, I think if you are if you are trying to be optimistic, if you are trying to, you know, make the case that, like, let's relax here, it's not a big deal. It is true that like you can make the case that a lot of these things sort of caught up with them. You know, they had they had that really brutal gauntlet. And sure, you know, playing 90 snaps against the Bills after playing the Chiefs, after having the bye, and then coming to play the Niners, like there are there are schedule reasons to explain away. Their performances. Um, I think the the underlying issues that are that are really tough to sort of talk yourself into them being able to fix are on defense. I think you can you can convince yourself that they're going to fix some things on offense. Right? They moved the ball tonight, even though they you know were bad yeah. in the red zone. They fumbled away three possessions. I think if you play that game out. Several times they're going to put up, you know, 20, 25 points. Yeah, or Devontae like
1: and AJ probably aren't getting any drops like right. that was a on bad regular, game for the regular. Those guys, I actually all... thought
0: Jalen Hurts was fine in this game. There were a couple plays that that were not great, but I thought he was better than he was last week. On defense, the only thing that I can sort of convince myself to 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 hope would get better for the Eagles if I'm if I'm an Eagles fan is the defensive line right now looks gassed. Yeah, right. And tonight, you know, there was the Fletcher Cox sack. Hassan Reddick had two sacks, one sort of in garbage time. Only three sacks. The, the defensive line right now is not getting nearly enough pressure. We have talked about it during the week. This is the unit that this team is built around. There is so much money and draft capital invested into them that they need to be dominant, and they have not been dominant the last three or four weeks at all. In fact, they've been sort of run off the ball. You're hoping that maybe you get out of this gauntlet, you get a little bit of extra rest. Maybe they can rest a little bit down the stretch if those games turn, to, turn out to be blowouts against the Giants and Cardinals. And then you can have fresh legs heading into the playoffs, and this can be a different group. But absent that, like the state of the secondary right now is pretty bad. Reed Blankenship leaves this game with a concussion. Ooh. Shaq Leonard was was playing in this game because Nicholas Mora was hurt, and you know he didn't look great either. Um, the back seven, not great. And the kinds of teams you're going to play in the playoffs are the kinds of teams who are going to be able to take advantage of that group. They're going to need the defensive line to turn this thing around. And the only thing I can hope for if I'm an Eagles fan is that they're just going to get fresh legs and we'll, we'll see if that happens, but it's part of the problem. We've been complaining about them playing so many snaps all season long.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, what you say is true and right, but hope isn't a strategy mm. and you know, is the famous saying. And, and that's what was coming to my mind when you were talking there. Like, yeah, we can hope they get their legs back under them, but it's just not good enough. Um, you know, I heard somebody, I think it was ESPN this week say, you know, the back seven, like you just mentioned, average at best and it's kind of hard that might almost be generous to a degree now I think Slay's having a better year than a lot of people are giving him credit for uh Bradbury does seem a step slow uh or behind this year and then when you take Blankenship away from it uh he's kind of been like the rock of the secondary almost in a way and it's once you have him and you're throwing Sidney Brown into, into these situations it's not um uh, it's not ideal Bo Um, So, you know, the linebacking core is a problem. And it seems to me like I I had Nick Bosa's dumb comments reverberating around my head tonight. Like, is the blueprint just short past this team to death uh, and keep running on them? Because it seems like, like there wasn't a lot of down the field, like killer, you know, chunk plays that the NFL always talks about. It seemed like it was a lot of like quick hitters get rid of the ball, let them create, and just keep marching. And the Eagles can't stop it. And what we saw
0: tonight from the defense that we also saw last week was was some missed tackles uh, yeah. in the open field to your they point. They love those. And through the first you know, two-thirds of the season, the Eagles' defense was very good at tackling just by, by the numbers and even by the eye test. And so I, I think this is part of the rationalization. If you can convince yourself that this is part of having tired legs, you know them having had to play those ninety snaps against the Bills. There's a reason that we track these things because it does matter over the course sure. of the season. Um, if but like you know, there's still four weeks left in the season. There's no bye weeks left, so they're going to get one extra day's rest before going to Seattle. But it's not like they're going to be any less tired as the season goes on. I just like right now the defense without without getting a, a good pass rush. They've got no chance. No. And the, maybe
1: the most concerning part of all of it is they're getting gashed in the run game the last two weeks. So maybe that just goes to your point of their of gassed uh, and Howie not doing a good enough job bringing in some, you know, better rotation at the D.N. position. Uh, maybe, um, you know, they've just been kind of figured out in terms of like pocket awareness by the quarterbacks, because Reddit can sweat usually, you know, go wide. And if you step up and escape, it seems like teams can do that blind versus the Eagles. Um, But the fact that teams are running on us on top of throwing uh, on the birds is, is really troubling because you know, when they, when things were good and the sky wasn't falling, it was like, All right, yeah, they survived, but teams are just throwing on them so much because they can't run the ball. They're not even attempting to run it, and now it's like
0: they're doing whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, the first four possessions of this game for the Cowboys go 75 yards for a touchdown, 47 yards for a field goal, 75 yards for a touchdown, and 50 yards for a touchdown. And then in the second half, they sort of you know pull the gas off in terms of their play calling, which is a classic Mike McCarthy thing, brings the Eagles back into the game a little bit, but – you know, coming off giving up six touchdowns in a row to the Niners, and then giving up mm. you know twenty four points on four possessions to start the game against the Cowboys. You know, have a little have a little pride. Yeah, and it feels like every
1: it doesn't feel like they have many like two and three yard plays allowed. Like it seems like it's always that six to eight yard play, and then it's like a second and two and three. It's just.
0: I don't know. They're Nine just all for 16 on third down for the Cowboys in this game against what had been the league's worst third down defense. And I mean, that's not very good again.
1: Yeah, but that's actually good. It feels like compared to previous weeks,
0: you know, <laughs> like it feels like yeah, they actually improved. We've there. seen worse.
1: Yeah, it's
0: uh, everything about this defense is concerning right now. Everything. To your point, the running backs, uh, Tony Pollard and Rico Daddle combined in this game, 28 carries for 105 yards. Dak Prescott, 24 of 39 for 271 yards, two touchdowns. Jake Ferguson led the way with five catches for 72 yards. C.D. Lamb, they did a little bit of a better job against him in this game, six for 71 in a touchdown. Uh, two touchdowns for the Cowboys had plays on which a flag was thrown and then picked up. There were three of those in this game, which you don't usually hell see. What the hell was uh, that? About? Yeah, weirdly officiated game, certainly not uh, anywhere near relevant in the outcome of the game, but but just sort of odd to see. Um, the The like the, the Cowboys offense in that first half, it was, I mean, it was really disconcerting just just how easy things were. And, you know, Blankenship was in the game at that point. The Eagles open up with, with Cunningham and Morrow. Um, again, the, like the Cowboys offensive line is a very good offensive line. Yes. Probably the best that the Eagles play over the course of the season. So you give a little bit of credit there, but just like the, uh, the comfort that Dak Prescott was allowed to have in the pocket, it's something we talked about in the kickoff show something we talked about all week, like they had to get some pressure and they just couldn't. And I, and I hate to keep bringing it back to that because the offense certainly bears a lot of responsibility and we'll get to them in a second. But um, like, given the way that this team is built, it's just not good enough.
1: No, it's not. And you know, like the gas thing, I, I'm thinking about that because it does seem like that might at least be a reason why they're struggling so much, but why just because they don't have enough depth at D end, like the D tackles, Shouldn't outside that one Bills game where Jordan Davis played like you know what sixty eight snaps or whatever? I mean, is there is there an excuse to be gassed? Like a schedule is a schedule. I know occasionally like teams get an extra day's rest and you have emotional, hard fought, come from behind, and you play a lot of snaps. But so do most teams in the NFL.
0: Sure. Now these, I, if I'm if I'm playing devil's advocate, these have been like particularly hard games, emotional right? games, uh, yeah. yeah. So so emotionally, there's draining uh, a bit of a draining there. They you know it is a lot of snaps, and we've been complaining about them having a, of a less of a rotation uh, down the line than they have in years past. And it's not just because they've played in close games, like Sirianni says. If you look just at the first half, they rotate less than they have in years past. So there's something about that. I think that's you know Sean Desai is the only different variable on the defensive coaching staff so that's got to be the answer there but um you know there is not a good answer for for why they look so bad um on the like it must
1: be noticeable because even collinsworth said it tonight that uh, that they look tired yeah and and i'm like oh okay but but
0: why and listen like i get it there is that emotional toll there is a there is a coaching discussion to be had here um I can get. We can talk a little bit in in a few minutes about some of the game management stuff from Nick Sirianni that that I found uh, underwhelming in this game. But you know, if um, if every game is the biggest game, and, I guess like you're you're uh, expending all this energy. Like, is that the right thing to do in the big picture in the in the grand scheme of things for trying to get through the end of the season? I don't know. Yeah, and you and because of where they are status across
1: the league. Every team views them as the Super Bowl. You know, like f- the 49ers, that might have been the biggest game they've played uh in recent memory last week. So just you're getting everybody's best shot. So maybe I'm underestimating that, but it just feels like I don't know. It feels more like a uh a roster construction issue to me. Like, n- I'm not harping for Derek Barnett to be here because <laughs> I don't think anybody is. <laughs> But like you're getting rid of a guy that was at a very a backup at a very important position to you, right?
0: For, it seemed like Nolan Smith played a little bit more tonight. Yeah, but but like I don't know, this just seems seems like so off these last two weeks. They seem off. There's like, no doubt about that.
1: I don't know. It can't be this bad. And it probably wasn't as good as the nine and, and one I think record.
0: that's I think that's part of the. Um, It feels like this it's 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 neither they're neither this bad nor were they as good as they were at ten and one. There was there was not this like magic elixir that they could find their way to win. All of that stuff was was sort of clouding some of the underwhelming issues, and it feels like some of that has come crumbling down at this point. And so I think it's fair to say that I mean, they are more of like a, you know, five to twelfth best team in the league (laughs) right now, which is crazy to say. But yeah, I don't think I don't there's know. that many good
1: teams, but I think the Cowboys are one of them, and I think the 49ers are one of them. Uh, and if you're judging yourself based on how you do against the best, yeah, you're not a top three or four team in the NFL. So I would say five could be very accurate.
0: Now, they do still have it within their power to to turn this around. Obviously, we talked about the schedule. If they win these last four games, they will win the division. Um, they have that advantage over the Cowboys. I, I don't even care about the division. You know what I mean? Like... Well, it's a, but yeah, it's I mean, all about the one. Seed. The, you'd rather have the two seed than the. Five seed, yeah, sure, you would. Because, you know, then you got a sh- you got two shot that the Niners could lose. And
1: yeah, so you could have three games. I'm not games saying at home. I don't want them to win, but sure. it's just like after those two games, like the thought of winning
0: the division just like does so little for me. Right. But, Outside of the obvious, yes. Exactly. Um, I think it's fair to say that you know, what we've been talking about on the defense, Jamie, that they could use probably better gut health. Probably. Definitely some better gut health. Well, that's where AG1 comes in. Now, uh, those the longtime sickos know the story of Zach's sister's boyfriend. What do we know about Zach's sister's boyfriend? Well, we know that he's a big AG1 fan. And why does he drink AG1? Well, because it replaces your multivitamin probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food-sourced nutrients, AG1, is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health and foundation first. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take care of their health every day. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com eagles. That's drinkag1.com eagles. Check it out. And let me tell you,
1: Bo, about the Game Time app. Because that Eagles game was so depressing, it makes me want to go to a concert uh, and <laughs> just kind of cleanse my palate. And if you do, you should use Game Time with code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, the holidays are here Everybody loves free tickets to their favorite events and game time is the app to use for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you because buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for every kind of event. You get image of the seat views, which is awesome. So you know exactly what you're walking into. Uh, You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time, will credit you back 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason, because you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Shout out Zach Berman, just two taps and you're set and the tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email tickets. Like I said, make a great, Holiday gift. So snag the snag, the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account, use that code. P H L Y for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, just create an account, redeem code P H L Y for $20 off download
0: game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about the offense. And I think the story here is, is, you know, those, those turnovers were enormous in this game. And you can tell that because if you look at just the advanced stats on this game, this was their worst game of the season by EPA per drive, but it was their second best game of the season by success rate. So that they're moving the ball and then they're fumbling the ball away, especially in key areas. That first possession of the game, the Cowboys go down and score a touchdown. How do the Eagles answer? They're moving the ball well. And then Jalen hurts fumbles the ball away in the reds or close to the red zone. That Um, was a, that was was a huge play.
1: That was backbreaking because, Like you were about to answer them tit for tat and you're, you know, those are the types of things that like completely change the course of a game. Like it's not something like that shows up in a, you know, a stat sheet obviously is a turnover, but like that momentum of just like, I feel like if you score there, it's just going to be one of those games where you're just bashing heads and going score for score and Dallas gets that turnover. And it was just like, I don't know, just like the emotional wind was let out of the sails of the Eagles um, Jalen's really good at the, um, uh, the bad, bad place, bad time fumbles lately. It's kind of becoming a, the Jets game,
0: the Patriots game. We almost fumbled it's kind away of like becoming one, a concern
1: you know? a little bit.
0: It is. Uh, now he's gotten a little bit fumble unlucky this year relative to years past. Sure. So seven fumbles on the season aside from like botched snaps and he's lost four of them, which is a little bit greater than league average the last couple of years. He's been, you know, under 50% on those, but they've been, you know, plays when, you know, you're carrying the ball in the open field. You got to be protecting the ball. And for him, for the three best players on offense, you know, offensive yeah. line, not included to all fumble the ball away in this game hurts and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And an for AJ. AJ Brown. Like what a bad look after he's trying to like get into it with Stefan Gilmore and then Gilmore punches it out on him. Like, come on. Yeah. Gilmore
1: did. I mean, Shit, he looked like twenty seventeen Stefan Gilmore again. Like he did a great yeah, job.
0: I, if I definitely agree that he's a definite Hall of Famer, I would have to. I would have to think about that. I guess mm, I, don't know.
1: I don't know if he deserves the definite, but I think he's definitely on the doorstep.
0: Yeah, in conversation of yeah, like yeah, I'd have uh, to deep dive uh, the I, stats I had, to, I had to sort of think
1: twice when Collinsworth said that. Well, there was a lot he said the night where I had to think twice about that. Fair enough. Uh, like Nicholas Morrow is playing excellent football tonight. <laughs> I was what the brushed. hell was that, yeah. Chris? That was wild. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's concerning everything about this Eagles team. Like your three biggest players made the three
0: biggest mistakes of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not going to win games doing that. Jalen hurts 18 of 27 for 197 yards, adding 30 yards uh, on five carries on the ground. AJ Brown, nine for 94. Devontae Smith, five for 73. Deandre Swift, uh, the run the ball stuff. You know, there were p- periods of this game where they were running the ball effectively, but it did not really play out over the course of the game. Swift 11 carries for 39 yards, Gainwell 4 for 28, and Boston Scott 3 for 9. Jalen Hurts in this game, as the quarterback, did not attempt a single throw to anybody aside from A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, or Dallas Goddard. Those are the only three players targeted in the offense. That seems problematic. It seems problematic, and I think there are some, some like, schematic Issues at play right now. We you saw it against those zero blitzes. Like those that, the Zacchaeus had fourth the, and eight, the, fourth and nine. The, the the punt fake. Yes, now but that I, wasn't I, from her. And I think probably David Carr is thinking Braden Man should be the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, one for one for twenty eight yards yeah. can't do better than that.
1: But um, that I, does seem uh, weird. I like I'm just trying to like base it off of like the opponent. And, and it and doesn't
0: ev- seem like a healthy way to build an offense. No. I know that those are the best players. They should get the ball. But if everybody knows that those are the only guys who are going to get the ball. Like what is the what is the point of the other receivers?
1: Yeah, yeah, not even a Julio Jones screen. <laughs> and and what was weird the first one like deep shot to Ques Watkins yeah, like yeah like between Julio Zacchaeus and, and Quez, like somebody's got to be involved there.
0: Just has to be. You need something.
1: It, it was my it was my problem with last week and I what I thought was in the second quarter primarily not running the ball a little bit when you eliminate, it's the same thing. Like when you're only throwing to two or three guys, yes, you're eliminating so much of your wide spectrum of plays and capabilities by just honing in and doing these one or two things. Totally. You, you, you shoot yourself in the, your I mean, foot. It's, like, it's
0: like having uh like two guys in the lineup who who can't hit it all. Right. You're just, you're starting from, a disadvantageous position to yeah. begin with. If you if you were not even willing to throw to two of the five eligible receivers, why would I like? Uh,
1: it's not like you're not going to cover them because I would think Jalen Hurts then throws to them. You but, would think, but at the same time, like why am I going to? If I see Zacchaeus lining up, I'm going
0: like, all right, as long as I I'm mean, literally last week, like you know there are like Jack Stoll is wide open in his progression and he just doesn't throw him the ball.
1: Yeah, I. I I don't know what's going on with this. Everything's weird. My buddies on text chain tonight we're, we're back on the Brian Johnson Express of get him out of here. And I was like, I think this is bigger than Brian Johnson.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think, I, think there are, I think there are schematic things like from the ground up that need to be addressed. And I think those are Nick Sirianni questions.
1: So one of the biggest questions, and, I, and I, it's on my Zach uh, cheat sheet of questions to ask him, it seems like offensively, they can't handle the blitz. And it seems like defensively, when they blitz, they get, they get smoked. crushed. So the yes. blitz, w- whether it's positive or negative, are just destroying this team. Like the one earlier, it was the fourth and nine play. And yes. the, the Cowboys sent the house. And I said to you watching the replay, like Jalen has to throw that ball. He's backing up right, right away, and instead he does like yep. a fade
0: away, fall away, it's which has like thrown behind, yet not no a play chance at it, but complete. also weird
1: design. But if that's inverted, Dak Prescott is yes. one, two, boom, and he's hitting him on his route and he's giving his player, and I'm not trying to shit on Jalen here, but it's just like when they get blitzed, they shit themselves, <laughs> like literally and figuratively. <laughs> I, I, Do they literally shit that? Maybe we'll have to ask yeah. uh, you know Fletch if any of the uh, offensive we'll laundry basket yeah. have any skid marks in yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Uh, but it seems like they can't handle the blitz. There, there is absolutely something to that, and I think you're like uh, it is both sides of the ball. It's really it. bizarre. It is bizarre, and that sequence where they're trying to stay in the game, it's like third and eleven, and you throw the the quick slant to AJ Brown, and he gets tackled after two yards. That was a blitz, and then the next play. You know, the, you, you, I mean, you got to know the blitz is coming there. You have to. And, you know, you're relying on Devontae Smith to, to outrun Stefan Gilmore across the field and then turn the corner. And I believe and if he gets down, hit quickly,
1: top. he might be able to. There's a shot. But, but yeah.
0: Gilmore closes the angle by the time
1: Devontae got it, he was like right on him. Devontae's quicker than Gilmore. So if you hit him quick, let your player make the play. Like, if you're not going to throw it beyond the sticks there, and this was a huge play in the game, actually. Uh, so I'm kind of glad we got into it. If you're not going to throw it past the sticks, then you have to get it to your guy quickly, especially a playmaker like AJ or Devonte, and let them have the ability to make a play for you where Jalen threw it. There was just like, I mean, Devonte had no shot. Gilmore was on his hip. If you throw it to him first, then devonte has got the breakaway speed and he might be able to break Gilmore's angle that he's taking. But Gilmore's a really good veteran heady player. And he knew exactly the angle to take and, I, I they just can't they can't do anything against a blitz this year um and it's it's starting to really kind of concern me trying to see if i can look this up
0: quickly so you're deep diving some uh, advanced over the course here. of the season the eagles are fourth in the league in success rate against the blitz they're seventh okay but that's yeah it's not as good as they are um on normal plays it drop feels it feels Let's worse see. yeah Feels much worse. 13th but, in the league in e-paper drop back, which is, which is a significant step down from where they are not against the Blitz.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't know if this all goes back to Jalen. Like, Jalen again got... It also way, feels like all of this stuff is getting worse lately. Yes, absolutely. But that play where he was hit late, which for some reason wasn't called, Yeah. it looked like he got up wincing again. Yeah. I, I, I feel like he's a lot more hurt than he's... We've talked about well, it. Well, it was
0: interesting, you know, uh, on the opening drive, they called, they called two quarterback draws, and they were both successful until Hurts fumbled the ball away, and, and you sort of took that as a sign that they were going to lean into that in this game, and then the, the game just sort of got away from them, so he only finishes with five for 30, but yeah. I, I feel mean, like I,
1: he's a lot more hurt than we all know. Probably so. And there's, there hasn't been a game going where he hasn't winced or shown discomfort at some point in the game.
0: Yeah, it brings to mind the 2021 season when, um, you know, this season ends in a loss in the playoffs to the to the Bucks, and then at the press conference, he walks in wearing a boot, like finally revealing, yeah, that like, this is what he's been dealing <laughs> oh, God, with. I've, okay, been,
1: you know, I've been dying all year. Now it I feel like, you, the real you know, me. if
0: if, uh, if this season ends before the Super Bowl, like the post game press conference, he's going to be walking in in like a body brace.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it... Uh, uh, yeah, it feels like, you know how hockey players at the end of every season is like, they've had a lower body injury for four weeks. Right. And then at the end of the season, it's like, well, he had an abdominal tear, a, leg, a groin yeah. pull, a knee contusion, and uh, clean out this. I feel like at the end of the year, it's going to be like, well, Jalen Hurts had a successful arthroscopic surgery to remove something in his knee. Um, but I don't yes. know. That's It sounds like an excuse, but I, I just something's not there that was there last year. And I know some of the advanced, and I'm just talking about Jalen in particular, some of the advanced stats say he was actually, you know, doing better this year than he was last year, but whether it's an inability to take off and run as much as he did last year, because I think that's the difference um, with him in making him great is how do you defend him? Like if he's taking off in the way that he does, he becomes impossible to defend this year. I don't think that's there. I don't think teams are, fearful of it as much. And I think it changed his trajectory like this year, if that makes sense. Like, it no, just, I think that's right. I, I,
0: I think, uh, I think it changed the offense uh, in a major way. I think so too. And I, I think, you know, at times we have given the coaching staff credit for not overthinking things on offense, mm-hmm. right? You've got AJ Brown and you've got Devonte Smith and you've got Dallas Goddard. You've got a talent advantage. Let those guys win. But it also feels like, without the superpower of really being able to lean into Jalen Hurts' rushing ability, yeah, the like creativity of the offense—they're not scheming up easy plays. Everything, even when they're moving the ball, it feels difficult. It feels like yeah. they're having to make great plays just to move the ball downfield. And I don't know—I you know—I am not a, a smart enough schematic football mind to know like what they're not doing correctly sure. or what they should be doing, but it does feel like if you're looking at like games around the league, there are not really guys running wide open on this in this offense.
1: No, and Frank Elmwood in the chat, and everybody, even if you're a Cowboys fan, at least hit the like button while you're in here. Yeah. Um, Frank says something that I've kind of been saying to myself a lot over these last couple of weeks. That Jalen's pocket presence, forget the running, almost
0: seems off too. Like You know, early in this game, I thought it looked really good. There was that one yeah. play where, where he, he's pressured, he, he runs up, and he throws the nice... Uh, pass across to his right to Devontae Smith. That was a really nice play. There were a couple early plays where it seemed like he was in this one. And then as the game went on, you know, got he's worse. doing some of that sort of fading back, like on that fourth down play to Devontae. Um, now, you know, I also thought that throw he made to Devontae uh, two plays before beautiful. that in the end zone, like, you know, tough to say there was a drop by Devonte, yeah. but I thought that was a good throw. Like, he had a ball, couple beautiful balls, yeah. Um, and then there was an A.J. Brown drop downfield in the first half where yeah. he just sort of, it felt like he was like disinterested in that one, or just didn't see it clearly. So I actually thought Jalen heard Jalen played a, a much better game than he did last week. But, it's but mu- some of that pocket stuff, I do think is is yeah, it's like almost
1: there. it's almost the plays that he's um, he's not throwing on, where he's either taking There's a some sack, decisiveness, yeah, yeah, like there was just a couple plays where it's like, and again, this is like the inverse of the offense and the defense. It seems like you know Reddick and Sweat, I feel like, are getting pressure a lot. But they're not converting them to sacks, and the other team's quarterback knows how to evade and navigate the pocket versus us. Whereas Jalen this year, to me, it's like I don't know. He's not navigating the pocket like I think he was last year. Like he almost had that Miyagi like sixth sense last year, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like I don't know if he's so focused on downfield
0: that he's missing it or what. But it doesn't feel the same. I think that's fair. Uh, let's get into some of the uh, some of the weeds of the specifics in this game. Uh, tough, like, uh, debut as a member of the defense for Keely Ringo. Uh, I didn't even know that was possible. He had played one defensive snap uh, this entire season before tonight and was sort of thrown into the mix as the third outside corner. Uh, there was a time when Slay was off the field and he went on the field. I think it was his first snap when he committed the rare triple play of surrendering a catch on third down pass interference and face mask on the same play, which I, I understand that like, that's the way that the rule is uh, written. So they have to enforce it that way. Kind of odd that when the face mask is the pass interference, it counts as both. But I guess that sort of, sort of makes sense. Uh, and then he's, you know, he gets hurtled by Jake Ferguson. He gives up a long completion to Michael Gallup. Um, it seemed like they were, they were either sliding Slayer Bradbury inside with CD lamb and allowing Ringo to be the third guy on the outside, which means he has overtaken Josh Job there, but I mean, it's good to get to see him on the field on defense, but uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be one that he's going to want to remember.
1: Yeah, no, not a banner night for Keeley Ringo there. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that was possible. Very weird rule. Uh, but at least don't allow the completion if you're going to face mask P.I. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? probably like, fair. <laughs> you can't get beat three ways on that. Um, yeah, that was bizarre. It's uh, It's been a revolving door. The Avante Maddox injury was just to go many weeks back
0: avante's a really good player and he's a guy who's had trouble staying healthy for a long time now yeah he has not really stayed healthy at all yeah so much for bradley Roby being the answer uh for defending the cowboys yeah yeah um again it's just you know it's it's
1: tough to pick apart roster construction because i do think this eagles roster is very loaded but, man, when you look at, like, the, the revolving door at non-Maddox, you know, nickel base. I think,
0: yeah, I mean, like, philosophically, I agree that the defensive line is the most important position. Yes. Right? On the defense. But you are seeing the the limits of that now. Like, there is, it seems like there are diminishing returns if, like, if all eight or nine of those guys need to be first round picks or highly paid guys. And you're skimping from the rest of the defense. I like, feel it looks like what it looks like right now, unless those guys are going to be just dominating up front and they're not.
1: Yeah. And the other like cruel thing that this game has left me thinking is how, how did Jonathan Gannon get so many sack conversions last year?
0: I mean, I know Javon Hargrave is not here, but you replace him with Jalen Carter well and and there is, you know, everybody there's the the marriage between the pass rush and the, and the secondary, sure. right? And so last year the corners were better, the linebackers were better, the safeties were better, and so there's a little bit of extra I think the linebacker is home. the big one there because I th- I actually think Slay is having a good
1: year. Bradbury, I think you can say has taken a regression.
0: I think Slay is having a good year as a starting cornerback in the NFL. I think he is not playing at the same level he played last year.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um but I think the linebacker is the one cuz I think I think teams are just like, they talked about it tonight, and you saw Dak. He had that bounce in his step, one, two, boom. One, two, boom. Like, he had it down. Like, the timing was just like, I, I, I know something's going to be open here. It was almost like this cocky swagger, like, bounce. Uh, and I just think t- these last two weeks, Purdy and Dak have known, like, somebody's going to be open
0: here within, you know, five or six yards of the line of scrimmage. And I think uh, Shilkapani. had tweeted it out before, like, the third down. Sack rate for this team. They're the worst in the league. It's, it's like a crazy low percentage. And like, that is what the team is built to do is to get home on third down. And they're not doing that. And it's a huge part of the reason that they, they can't get stops against good teams right now,
1: man. It's uh, yeah, this
0: defensive line is just not getting it done.
1: And it's crazy because you have, you know, Hassan Reddick with his fourth straight double digit sack year, like him and Josh sweat by all metrics are very good players. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Milton Williams, even are good players. So you have five, you know, above average players of that, of their positions in the NFL. So that makes me think like, is this Sean Desai? You know Like, I don't know the answer. I'm kind of spitballing yeah. out loud here. Is there something schematically like I know players age and there's going to be a regression from last year because they were so good, but like it's a major step back here for the defense in terms of production. No doubt. Like I know those players are good. You know what I mean? Like your starting defensive line are good football players. They are not getting the results.
0: Yeah. So what the hell is going on? I guess we'll see as the, as they play some worse offensive lines, if they can turn this thing around, but yeah, I mean, Dallas and San Fran have great offensive lines. So
1: maybe that it's as simple as that, but if that's the case, most teams you're going to play in the playoffs are going to have exactly. great offensive lines.
0: Well, you know, if you, uh, if you only watched one play in this game and you thought I want to buy uh, like some t-shirts or something, you could, buy, you know, we've got a baby rhino shirt on the PHL by uh, locker and we've got a Fletcher Cox shirt. So you can go get those. Like that's a nice thing to treat yourself to. But also if you wanted to buy like their, uh, their cards, you can go to wheelhouse cards because wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop. In the Delaware Valley, their motto is Cards and Community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shive Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. All
1: right. Uh, I want to run something by you. that okay, buddy just texted it. me. Uh, Ron Jaworski uh, apparently was making a point uh, that Kelsey said that the Cowboys uh, were jumping the snap count all game. Mm. Um, I don't know if this is something that goes back to last week, too. Um, that's pretty disadvantageous. Yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> How does that? The snap count is supposed to be your... Well, Kinda I mean, when decoded. you're on the road in a loud
0: place, you have to go to a silent count, right? And so you have some tells there. but They must have figured it out. They must have figured it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Micah Parsons had a sack on Lane Johnson. Uh, I think that was the second he's given up this season after he shut down Nick Bosa last week. But, um, yeah, I, you know, the pass protection was okay in this game. Not great. Yeah, just okay. Hertz was sacked. Let's see this. Hertz Man, was, if they're picking up your, your silent count. I mean, he was count only sacked or- once. Yeah, but
1: it felt like worse, didn't it? He was certainly pressured more than that. I yeah, mean, was several, he was there hurried were a plays lot in this game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Were, so interesting. I
1: okay. never want your snap count or silent count tells to be uh, uh, decoded there in game.
0: That's not great. Not ideal. No,
1: and it might explain that one. Uh, off offsides offsetting. Well, it was actually myelata was
0: was uh, false started, uh, but yeah, they were they were jumping them. Would you make the um, tush push offensive offsides on Landon Dickerson call? Um, yeah, and not too. I don't even oh, yeah, actually. And They ended up getting the first down in the next play anyway, but I thought that was kind of not you know it was not it was not Kadarius Tony obvious.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a lot of. It's a game in Dallas.
0: There's always going to be some. Some weird stuff going on. Here's my uh, my Nick Sirianni end of the first. My weekly complaint about the way that Nick Sirianni handled the end of the first half because this does this is a recurring theme here. Yes. Um, of all the times when they should have run the ball, they get the ball first and goal or not first and goal, first and ten at the eighteen or nineteen with about uh, like two something left. Yeah, I was gonna say in, like a minute fifty nine in the second quarter, and so at that point, you know, you want to score a touchdown. But you are incentivized to try to take as much time off the clock as possible so the Cowboys don't get the ball back. They call a quick pass to Dallas Goddard on the first play. Understandable, it's going to keep the clock moving, but it doesn't get what they want it to. You, you trust Dallas Goddard to beat a guy one-on-one and get some yards after the catch. We only got, uh, I think it was actually a loss of one yard. And then the next play, they drop back. Jalen Hurts is sacked. Cowboys call a timeout. Next play, Hurts is blitzed and uh, the ball's uh, out quickly and it's incomplete. So they only get a field goal, and the Cowboys get the ball back and have plenty of time to go score a touchdown. Not great in terms of the offensive play calling there. And then they get the ball with uh, like 20 seconds left and three timeouts, and DeAndre Swift is trying to get out of bounds even though he doesn't need to because there's three timeouts. They get the ball to like the 45 with three seconds left. They won't even they won't even bother throwing a hail mary after last week leaving the starters in at the end of the game because like that's who we are. We always fight to the yeah. end. Give me a break.
1: Yeah, there's no reason not to. I mean,
0: what's what's the count? Maybe you get a pass interference. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't try. To I help. just see. You, you can't tell me we're we're getting our doors blown off by the Niners, but I got to leave DeAndre Swift in to get like headhunted yeah. the, with ten seconds left. But we're not gonna throw a hail mary while this game is still in the balance. Yeah, when you have AJ
1: Brown and Devontae Smith, you would think uh, let's just chuck one up here and see if one of the boys can go get it. Uh, are we officially putting Sirianni on on coward watch?
0: I don't know if coward watch is but it, I mean the it's way back to back teams yeah, it, I mean, that
1: you're gonna be you know having to go through the NFC with and it's kind of been
0: cowardish. He is not the like he he is not game aggressive in his bones. And there were some other little mistakes in this game. I thought like he didn't go for two uh when when he could have to make it. Uh, ten point game instead of an eleven point game, you get the certainty if you're coming from behind. Um I I don't know. I think I I think I think like game situation management is one of his weakest points as a head coach, which is interesting because he will tell you that he like works on this stuff nonstop and, and like has all of these meetings about game management. And I just don't think they're great at it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um it is it is weird. Like that's a situation why why wouldn't you What's the downside there? That uh, that they return to, a 85-yard or
0: Hurts gets, you know, hit, you know, you get another hit on your quarterback, but again, that's that's what you would have said about the end yeah. of the Niners game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's good enough to yeah. not try. I mean, Jalen Hurts is capable of throwing the ball 55 yards. Yes. Try.
0: But Flip side, I mean, great call on the fake punt. Kudos to Michael <laughs> was, Clay. And I gotta say, uh That was the play of the game. Dane is uh texted me about this. Olamine Zacchias is not usually a gunner. And so that should have been like a an tell. alert to the Cowboys. They were they were they should have <laughs> been they should have been like weary of that. Uh did not happen. A great, great, great call at the time. Yeah. And good yeah. throw by Braden Man. Uh who's the Cowboys special teams coach? A uh, Bones Fossil. Wow, you knew that off the top of your head. He's one of like I would say four special teams coaches in the league I could name. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty impressive. It might be four more than I can name. Um, but yeah, so maybe Braden Mann will be the, be the quarterback yeah. uh, moving forward. Yeah, David Carr will probably start the Twitter campaign for him now. I thought my uh, the funniest I laughed during this game was uh, at the end of the first half when they had the commercial for those three movies, the three big blockbuster movies that are coming out. And uh, Jason Momoa says, you know, I've I've never been part of a movie like this which he's talking about a sequel. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? This, the whole point of this movie is that it's supposed to be like a movie that you've already made. What are we, what are we talking about? Let's work on our marketing. Uh, but, you know, it takes a shirt off. I'm, you know, we'll, yeah, you know. We'll, so forget, we'll forget the words 100 million at now. the box office. Just take a shirt off. Uh, looking to see if there's any uh, notes from the locker room or anything like Does that. Does
1: Jason Momoa do anything good? I honestly don't know.
0: Wasn't Aquaman like a huge flop? Yeah, but this is
1: the this is the sequel to. But like, to has Akuma. he done anything good, or is he just like watchboard
0: abs and handsome? I mean, I guess Game of Thrones. We're all he's that's where he's all still. Living oh on that. right, yeah.
1: Right. Cal Okay, yeah. All right,
0: yeah. So he's got one, but that's yeah, that's what he's living off of. Okay, yeah. That's watchboard it. abs. Yeah, he's in one of the he's in one of the Fast and Furiouses, right? Well, I mean, Andrew's got it. They're
1: terrible, right?
0: <laughs> and says, yeah. uh,
1: you can't say i've seen i saw the first one and i saw there's
0: like 11 of them now or something i have not seen them all yeah it's been a while since i've seen one too i, I mean I, I appreciate the people who love them yeah uh, but some when you love fast and furious you love Fast. And that furious. is true that is true uh injury wise uh cam jurgens got banged up in this game but not stayed in the game it looked like tyler steen was ready to replace him um Blankenship we talked about went into the concussion protocol then was declared out so that would mean that you know you're you're really holding your breath hoping that he can play next week Uh in Seattle you get one extra day to prepare which might help but otherwise you've got uh Kevin Byard and Sidney Brown I, I thought Sidney Brown was okay in this game you know he is we've talked about like the, he makes these flash plays there was that he was in tight coverage on Jake Ferguson on a big third down. Almost made a really nice with, play. With the game, like, still in the balance. And Dak made just a great throw. Like, he Dak made several throws in this game that were just, you tip your cap. The touchdown pass uh, on the post to Brandon Cooks was a really nice throw when he, uh, Cooks, runs past James Bradbury. The throw over Keely Ringo to Michael Gallup was really good. Um, I think it's, you know, some of the, some of the plays on defense tonight, like, I'm giving a little more credit to Dak than I am to uh, Brock Purdy from last week where it's so much about offensive yeah. design and stuff like that. Yeah, Dak's really good.
1: And uh, sure. out of curiosity, uh, it's kind of become tradition here as the, as the year's winding down. I I like to pull up the DraftKings MVP odds. And apparently if you play the Philadelphia Eagles, you become the yeah. MV, MVP favorite in the NFL. Good news for Geno Smith. Yeah. Uh, Geno's going to have quite a jump uh, from wherever he is to the top. But Dak Prescott is now your... Favorite on DraftKings to win the NFL MVP. Uh, followed by Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, and then Jalen Hurts
0: has dropped to plus 600. I mean, it's not going to be Jalen at this point. No, 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 no. He's no, no, not no. going to th- have a marquee win to sort of hang his hat on.
1: I I, I, th- I find it offensive that Brock Purdy is listed ahead of Jamal, uh, Lamar Jackson. I agree with that. Um, I think Dak and Lamar should pretty much be like a coin flip. I think it's a two, yeah. I think they should both be like plus 200 and it's like, take your pick.
0: Yeah, you could the uh, I think even now, I'm not I am I would not vote for the guy, uh and I am not endorsing him in any way, but I think intellectually you I could understand the argument for Tyreek Hill over like over Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. I I could I wouldn't vote As for like him. the third guy. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I totally I think it's between Dak and Lamar. I think I agree with that.
0: Yeah. Um, a yeah, whole week, left, whole month left to play. So yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. And somebody happens, tweeted
1: me like, "Why do you care?" It changes every week. Because I, because I, because I like this stuff, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I like looking at who the, you know, the very smart people at these sports books thinks deserves it because to me it means something. Um, How so, would you
0: feel heading into a rematch with the Cowboys in the playoffs? Oof.
1: <sighs> not That's, great. Let's
0: say, let's say it's at the link. Better that it's at
1: the link, but Dak plays awesome against the Eagles. Like he, he kind of has our number, so I wouldn't feel great about it.
0: Plus, I got this like banging kicker. What the hell is up with this kid? Pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. That like, sixty yarder like, would have been like good from seventy five like shots. Sixty like, yarder, so easy. I mean, how, uh, look, that I, was that was nuts. The second drive of the game. They're just like sixty just yards trotting it out. Let's go for a sixty yarder.
1: I mean, you got to give Stephen
0: Jones it? credit for finding this kid that played
1: at Notre Dame soccer and went to the you know Canadian Football League. Like that's a pretty good find by them. Yeah, hasn't. I think he's twenty nine of twenty nine on the year.
0: I think it's thirty for thirty now. Yeah, he added one at the end of the game.
1: And he's the first kicker in NFL history I saw to make a fifty nine and a sixty plus yarder in the same game. Oh wow! I mean, when you think
0: about it, yeah, who the hell yeah. tries that
1: many sixty yard yeah. field goals?
0: Uh, he might be the, stuff. the greatest kicker alive. Justin Tucker, look out. Wow, how fast we forget about, you know, Jake Elliott's 59 yard <laughs> driving in the win to get to overtime uh, against the Bills. Uh, now, so would you say, let me ask you this. Who would you rather? Let's say you, could only, you only had to play, you got lucky enough to only have to play one of the two. Mm. The NFC Championship game, would you rather play the Cowboys or the Niners? That's a great question. I think I'd rather play Dallas but I, you'd rather beat the niners probably right yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. how about you which would you give the eagles a I better chance you, i has? think I, I think you got a better shot against the cowboys yeah, i think so I. I think the, the the like actual matchup against the niners is just it's not good for them no christian mccaffrey's
1: a freak i mean did you see his touchdown today i saw the, yeah, the, the like the long, i saw the long run on the first play first Oh, finish. yeah sorry he got yeah, tackled yeah. at the two on that one yeah. uh, but he's another guy you can make the case is more of an mvp than brock Purdy. i would agree with that um, so yeah, I think you have a better chance of beating Dallas, but really wouldn't want to play either of these two teams,
0: yeah, and uh the road to the Super Bowl is probably gonna include having to play both of them
1: yeah i'm uh I'm going to Florida for a dude's golf trip uh championship weekend, and I made sure to book my flights uh to return home so I could be here on Sunday okay. championship Sunday, you know first flight out, so mm-hmm. I'm back early. Might want to change that. Yeah. yeah, now I'm thinking maybe I, maybe I change that flight to a little later in the day. Mm. I'm right. not feeling so confident about Championship Sunday anymore. How, how could you? Yeah, this is bad. This really,
0: these two weeks could not have gone worse. Now I'm going to tell you about FOCO, and I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, a true sicko, Greg, who emailed Zach and I this morning to say, long-time sicko here, just wanted to say thank you for turning me on to FOCO. Just got the best birthday gift I could have imagined. And it's a picture of him holding up a brand new pair of Eagles overalls. He said, uh, Zach, have fun in Dallas today. He's looking forward to a longer segment next week about your theory on what really happened to JFK. Compliments to the chef and go birds. So banging Dyna, dynamite email from Greg. And for the uh, those of you who don't know FOCO, now you do. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It's holiday season. They've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. So uh, before
1: we get to Zach, who uh, I think is attending Jalen right now, uh, if I had to ask you, like, what's the one thing in these final four weeks you'd want to see righted? Is it something particular? Is it just an overall defensive line, better performance? Is it offensively something like... The running game appeared to be there a little bit tonight for them, uh, which was slightly encouraging, I guess.
0: I think everything about this team, right, is graded on the curve of can they beat the best teams in football? Yeah. Like that's what it's all about. And, you know, we saw them beat the, the Bills and the Chiefs and the Cowboys before that. And so to me, those games come down to can your offense be elite? And so as much as... Uh, I would like to see the defensive line look like the defensive line it's paid to be. I think the most important thing is that they can get the offense back to an elite level. And some of that is, can Jalen Hurts be, you know, the the passer that he was earlier in the season? Um, I also think when you get to the playoffs, you know, you're going to get to lean a little bit more into his legs because you're not saving anything for the future. Um and so, some of these things are like, you know, protecting the ball, avoiding turnovers. Those are a little bit happenstance. I think they need to be able to, to to prove that they can be the offense they were, you know, against the the Chiefs and the Bills and converting in the red zone. If they can be elite on offense, I think they can beat the Cowboys and the Niners. Uh, and you hope that you get a little bit of turnover luck on defense <laughs> or something like that. Um, I also think that's probably the the their better chance. I think it's more likely that they can. Return to elite on offense than it is that they can all of a sudden have a have a really good defense given the current state of the personnel.
1: Fair. Can hurts? I I think I agree with you. Yeah. Like
0: I think the defense is
1: more what it is, whereas the offense has potential to be a lot better. I I don't know what's happened to it these last two weeks, but can this offense be better with hurts playing the way he is? Something. I think
0: so. I think he played pretty well tonight. Yeah, I think he played okay.
1: Yeah. But is that? I don't know. Something just feels so off, and I don't. I can't pinpoint it. It's a real. It's just this weird feeling when I like. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of just like talking out loud here because it's something I can't figure out. Like because Jalen looks okay the majority of the time. AJ and Devontae put up numbers and looked. Yeah, pretty they did damn, not.
0: They did not play well
1: tonight. And they it's didn't. funny
0: because last week they they played great.
1: It just never seems – it's like my golf game. There's three stages of it. You know, off the tees, your your irons and yes. wedges, and then putting. I can never get all three going never. at once. Yeah, and you never know which one. It's nah. never consistent nah. right around. Yeah, know? like one day I'll be great at this, yes. and then I think I'm figured it out, and then the next week it's like I never swung in a club before. This offense, like, to me just feels like it can never get – all three phases going, whether it's blocking one game, Jalen one game, drops and fumbles the next game. It just seems like they can't get in sync. They can't get into a rhythm and a flow. And like everything feels so difficult for the offense. And I, d- I wish I had some great answer as to why that was, but it just feels like they can't get
0: going. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting somebody in the chat, I think Steve <clears throat> suggests like they need to bring in Frank Reich to call plays, And I don't think that Frank Reich is the answer, but it does sort of feel like, they need like a fresh perspective. They need some kind of like reset on offense. Like, why are we doing things exactly like this? Um, and they need to sort of like shake themselves out of what their plan is on offense. Right yeah, now. it just everything is is so difficult. And the, and it's and it's um, for the
1: most part, you know, these past three weeks, we'll say, it will include the Bills' win. It feels really boring. Like the offense has no like sex appeal to it there's no motion there's no like confusion there's no I
0: don't know like pizzazz there's just no it just it just feels very stale I mean there are a lot of like just one-on-one routes go win because you're a better player and that that works sometimes when it's A.J. Brown sure. like you know he did that to Stefan Gilmore a couple of times in this game and Jalen Hurts does throw those those balls along the sidelines really well So you're trying, you would imagine that it's like leaning into the things that they do well, but there are, yeah, it does feel like there is, um, there's no like like creativity that's, that's there. There's nothing easy. Nothing comes easy. No. Yeah. Like it's, it feels like the Eagles defense,
1: like the Cowboys did everything easily tonight, whether it was Ferguson or CD or the running backs, or even Brandon cooks was getting involved a little bit. Like it just felt easy and guys were getting open and like the Cowboys knew where to attack the Eagles. These past two or three weeks, it feels like the Eagles have had no fucking clue where to attack the other team's defense yeah it's it's a very confusing year for both the offense and the defense,
0: yeah, and it's I mean it is funny to just think about it. it's two weeks ago that we're you know we're yeah. talking about a ten and ten to one team and like uh but this wow, is where style this-
1: points do like when you're winning, style points don't matter, right, but when you're losing and you're getting. So destroyed. do we now think this is the worst 10 and 3 team in the league? It has to be. Mm. Mm. I think so. I think style points really matter when you're getting your doors blown off.
0: I mean, they have a they uh, point differential is not the most important thing. They have a worse point differential right now than the Vikings and the Jaguars and the Saints. Like Jeez. I think they're 11th in the league in point differential. Like there 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 is a difference between um 10 and 3 and, you know, maybe maybe they're like an 8 and 5 level team right now, but um, they've still got it all in front of them and schedule wise, like they've got a shot to to close this out. And you know, if the Niners lose one game and you win four, they're still going to be the one seed. So maybe we're being a little bit too drastic, but maybe, but these are the teams you want to compare yourself to. I yes. mean,
1: these are the teams you have to get through Dallas and San Fran are two of the best teams in the NFL uh, and Nick field in the comments section. I don't know if this was from tonight uh, or from last week or from whenever Jalen hurts it's just something we're going through, not something we're stuck in. Now that could be just an evergreen, you know, quote that he says about anything, his bowel movements, maybe, you know, his morning breakfast, like he's just a cliche machine. I, I hope it's just something they're going through again. Like when you talk about the Eagles defensive line, I know those guys are great players. Like their four starters are great NFL players for their positions. When I look at this Eagles offense, What's the hole in it on paper?
0: They don't really have one. Yeah. It's just a lot of... You only throw the ball to three guys, I guess. Yeah,
1: It's a lot of talented players underperforming as a team. And they're
0: 10-3. and So it sounds ridiculous, but they are underperforming. Well, I think that's a really good way to frame it because this is a conversation that I remember having with Zach a lot last year that what was so interesting about the team last year, it felt like every single player, like all 22 starters on offense and defense were were outperforming what your expectations Mm -hmm. would have been for them entering the season. You know, like Kaiser White and TJ Edwards and James Bradbury and Darius Slay, every single guy, like all the defensive linemen. CJ Garner-Johnson was better than you could have expected. Like Marcus Epps was better than you could have expected. And I think if you went down the line of every single player on offense and defense this year, who are the guys who are Really outperforming your expectations, and and some of this is like the expectations have been raised, and so it's a little bit unfair. But like Jalen Hurts probably has not been quite as good as your expectations. No. DeAndre Swift better than your expectations better, over the yeah. course of the season, but not lately. AJ Brown better than your expectations, but the production has dropped a little bit. Devonte Smith about at your expectations, probably the same. Yeah. Goddard a little bit below.
1: I would say below given yeah. the
0: injuries. Mylata. A little bit below. I think Dickerson about at the at the level. Kelsey about at the level. Jurgens about at the level. Lane Johnson about at the level. On defense, Jalen Carter probably a little bit above, although he has yeah, stalled a little bit lately. Say Fletcher above. Cox, I think, has been the best player on the defense. This our, t- year. our teammate, our co-worker. He's been great. He's been above. And then everybody else, Reddick a little bit below, I think. Sweat a little... Uh, i mean, about, below. about at what your expectations yeah. were. The guys be- uh, after them, Milton Williams about there. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of the guys. The linebackers have been below. I guess Zach Cunningham's been probably better than expectations. So maybe as I go through the section, it's the expectations it's not quite as uh when the expectations are nothing. Thought. Right. It's, you know, it's not but terrible. Bradbury and Slay and Maddox and, you know, the other guys in the secondary, blank and chip above expectations, Bayard below expectations. So it's actually not as glaring as I as I think, but it does feel like um nobody is like raising their level to a crazy degree when you're factoring in like wing recency bias a little bit more because like AJ Brown was unbelievable in the first 10 games of the season. Right. But it's just, I think a lot of it is tied to the expectations, but it's been a little bit disappointing. Yeah. It just feels like collectively as a team and
1: all we were really talking about here is these last two or three weeks, you you know, it's just, they're not getting the results. I think of the talent they have. Uh, And to me that, Probably says coaching has more to do with it than like, I mean, not to be lost in all this is I think there's a coaching thing. They changed both coordinators. You know, that's a, that's a pretty major thing, um, to, to overcome. Um, and you know, you're seeing it from the defense when you just look at sacks alone that we talked about earlier. I mean, last year they set you know, damn near an NFL record and a franchise record. Uh, and now, you know, they struggle to get home. And I, I,
0: I think it's it's fair to look at coaching and schemes
1: uh, as part of the reason why.
0: And I also think, you know, there's no guarantee that if Shane Steichen had come back, they would have be that much better, right? Like there, there's sure. always the, you, you enter that offseason after you've sort of taken the league by storm. Mm-hmm. Defenses are going to study you a little bit more. They're going to have better answers. Do you have answers for their answers? We don't know that they would have with Steichen, but it might have made a difference. Um but there's no doubt that that things just seem a little bit more difficult. So it's time now to bring in Zach Berman from AT&T Stadium. He just talked to Jalen Hurts. He spent some time in the locker room. I wonder if he had a second helping of mac and cheese. Whether he's got that mac and cheese high. But mm-hmm. Zach, how are you? <laughs> What's the scoop from uh, from Dallas from Marlington?
2: Well, I, I don't quite have the backdrop that I have in Philly. We're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get through with that, but. Uh, just came up from the locker room, a dejected locker room, a team that's been embarrassed now two weeks in a row. Jalen Hurts says it's not something they're stuck in. It's something they're going through. Or he said, we're going through it. We're not stuck in it, essentially. So that's, uh, that's Jalen's prevailing message. Nick Sirianni said if I can uh, – he said it, so I'm quoting him here. All those guys have gone through shit in their life, and uh, the reason they're here is because they got past that shit. They're going through shit now. And they're going to have to get past it. Like wow. his, his point was dealing with adversity. They're, 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 they're going to have to push through, uh, it, a question I asked a lot of people in there was what's the biggest issue. What's, what's like the, at the top of the list here to correct that's kind of what
1: we've been debating here, Zach.
2: Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, this is the first, I'm sure you guys have mentioned this. This is the first time the Nick Sirianni era where the offense did not score a touchdown. Okay. Oof. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, for a team with this much talent for that to happen, uh, they're trailing every game at halftime, basically, you know, these last six weeks, these last few weeks here, double digit deficits that, that, that they need to overcome the third down defense remains, uh, a major problem here. So given all this, what's, uh, what's the biggest issue and, you know, offensively, a lot of it was, was taking care of the ball you know, uh, turnovers tonight in the red zone really cost the Eagles. Right? That that was one thing that was that was pointing to. Nick Sirianni said he couldn't give me an answer to that yet. He has to go back and watch the film. He has some ideas, but it's not something he, he wants to get into yet. Uh, on on defense, the thing I, I kept hearing was was third down, and what they were pointing to was that teams are teams are, are getting into too many like third and twos and third and threes when you know they they're they're not forced to kind of have their offense uh the full way right you know it, it's a very convertible down yeah <laughs> well it's it, the irony is a few weeks ago we were talking about how bad they were on third and long right yeah. and, and the they're, other they're they're getting into you know third and short josh Sweat was lamenting almost he's 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 had enough of almost like hits that pressure's he's, he's sick of almost, he, he, he needs the sacks. Right? Um, so that, you know, there's, there's a lot of different answers. Devontae Smith pointed to the turnovers, right? There's, there's a lot of different things that jump out. And the fact that we don't know, like you need to fix this first is a problem for this team.
1: So Zach, is this two bad weeks in a row versus a contender, or do you think there's a little bit of truth to Nick Bosa's comments about the blueprint for beating
2: the Eagles? I don't think there's truth to Nick Bosa's comments about the blueprint to beating the Eagles, um, because uh, the the way he was saying is is the blueprint. I, I I I I'm not quite sure that's really what is hurting the Eagles. But I think what we're seeing is that the Eagles uh, are not significantly better than all these other teams, and that you know that that, that uh, when you play this type of schedule. And you need to beat the top teams. They're not going to do it every week, and they, it is exposing problems, especially defensively, but offensively too. And you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to listening back to your show. I I've I've been down there, obviously, so I I, I haven't listened to our I should say our show, not your show, our show. Um, but uh, but I imagine in, in in Philly, a lot of the attention is going to go to the defense, and from from where I stand, the offense can't. Be let off the hook here. So I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, now, as Jalen Hurts kept it, he said it a few times. It's something they're going through. It's not something they're stuck in. So he's not of the opinion that this is, you know, that that they've been exposed. That like this is who they are. It's just something that that they have to push through. But um, all this talk about like, uh, you know, dealing with adversity and staying together and you know, find out who you are. That, that's all good, you know, for locker room rah-rah stuff the Eagles have real tangible things they need to fix and they need to fix it quickly and until they fix those you're going to see more results like this against good teams right like like they'll they'll beat up on the Giants and they'll beat up on the Cardinals and they'll be in that locker room and you know talking about how you know um, fired again. all the great things about the organization um uh, come January they're gonna have to beat good teams right they're gonna to have to beat good teams. They're going to, and unless they knock the quarterback out in the first quarter, they're gonna to have to beat you know, uh, you know, top of the league teams. And so that's what now they beat Kansas City and they beat Buffalo and they you know they they beat Miami, right? Like they've they've proven they can do it. But these last two weeks against probably the two best teams in the NFC for sure, you know the, the two other best teams in the NFC for sure, the two teams going into the season we kept talking about San Francisco and Dallas, they looked outclassed and uh, and they need to fix this quickly.
0: So tell me a little bit more about the guys in the locker room, Zach. Uh, who did yeah. you talk to and, and what were some of the things that they said?
2: Yeah, I got a good sampling. I spoke to Jason Kelsey and spoke to Fletcher Cox. And Fletcher Cox said, you know, we're gonna find out who the dudes are this week. Uh, right. Like uh, and and his his message to me, you know, I I asked him, is a loss a loss or does it matter how you lose? And 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 he was like insisted that it's just a loss. And he's like, they've won 10 games against 10 professional football teams this is this is what he said right 10 games against 10 professional football teams and that should not be forgotten and and like this is a loss and but if you lose 6-3 or you lose 33-13 counts the same right so uh that's that's kind and but 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 fletcher's whole, whole whole message was this is all about seattle now and he's going to find out this week, like what kind of team they are, how they're going to respond to this. Now one could say the same sentiment could be said last week, right? They had an embarrassing loss last week, but that's a, a, a Fletcher's whole point was all they can do now is focus on Seattle and play better. You know, that he said, they have to go across the country again. They have another day to prepare, they have an extra day to prepare here. So they have a little more time. That's, that's, that's what, what, what they need to figure out. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey, the, the slow starts, the execution um, jumps out, right? Uh, cleaning things up. Uh, there's there's things in the, in the, in that case. Um, you know, Devontae Smith. The, the uh, he he was beating himself up over the turnover, right? He, he said he he said turnovers. They they need to fix that. Um, you know, James Bradbury talked about third downs, getting off the field. Uh, so the, yeah, I, I spoke to a good sampling. Of, of players josh sweat and, and uh i even spoke to brandon man uh, just because you know I, I wanted to find out about the fake paw i spoke i spoke to hassan redick uh but i would categorize i'm trying to give a taste of the locker room here it was the locker room that that realizes they got they got their their rear ends you know kicked here like they got humiliated uh they they were not competitive in the, in this game and then he, he you know that i kept hearing like the red zone turnovers Yeah, perhaps it's a different game, but I I I don't I don't think they were executing very well regardless. Like even if they don't turn the ball over there, um, I I mean Dallas was having their way on both sides of the ball. And uh, you know, I I did ask Nick Sirianni I I I did ask Nick Siriani about that sequence at the end of the third quarter because I I thought that was their their best chance to to really cut into the game, right? It's a two possession game right there, it's a fourteen point game. The Eagles have the ball. They're driving. Um, they have a third and 11, right? Well, well, first off, the second and 11, the pass to Devontae along the right sideline. Um, Jalen talked about that. He said it's a game of inches. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was a good pass. I thought Devontae had a chance on the ball. Couldn't secure it. I know people said Jalen should have ran, but uh, Who said that? I had no issue there. <laughs> oh, I should just I say Elliot Shore parks was sitting next to me and he said people on Twitter were telling him that no, – we could have been uh, a touchdown on, pass. That yeah, okay. All right, good. So, so we're on the, on, on the same wavelength there. I didn't like the third and 11 play. Um, Nick said on that play there, uh, you've seen it before. They wanted a short pass to AJ and get yards after the catch. And he said it didn't happen there, but it's a play that's worked for them before. And then the fourth down play, he said – Dan Quinn, you know, it was a good. It was a good play call. They sent six. Uh, he had to get it out of his hands, Jalen, and uh, Gilmore made a good tackle. Right. Um, I asked him why he went for it there, which I agreed with, going for it there. They needed touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and his his rationale was what I expected his rationale to be, which was, if they, uh, you know, if they kicked the field goal, they still would have needed two scores, right? So they're thinking at that point in the game was to try to make this a one-score game, you know, was to try to make this a one-score game, um, and, and, which is what I, w- I would have done. I, I know there was a sentiment that they should have kicked the field goal there, and then when Dallas responded with the field goal, then all of a sudden it's a three-possession game. I had no issue with that call. What I had an issue with was the play call and the play design on third down and fourth down. The fact that you had third and 11 and fourth and eight, fourth and nine thereabouts, and you got four yards on those two plays, you need more than that, right? So uh, that was... That was my my bigger issue, but, but those were Nick Sirianni's ex- explanations on that play. But overall, the, the 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 locker room, like like there was no sugarcoating it. There was no saying uh, we were in this game. No, they 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 realized what just happened, and they realized they need to get this figured out quickly.
1: Yeah. So Zach, one of the things I I realized tonight is um, you know I think in the first half, the Eagles only had five percent uh, of the dropback stack had as pressures. They're just not getting natural pressures when they blitz, they get torched. And it seems on the inverse on the offensive side of the ball, when they get blitzed, they're not doing well. Um, Do do you kind of sense the same thing that they're struggling with the blitz on both sides of the ball uh, on offense and on defense? And if so, is that something that's correctable? Because that seems to me like it's, it should be something at least fairly easily correctable.
2: Yeah, I am noticing that. Uh, I don't think they're a particularly good blitzing team to begin with on defense, right? Like I, I don't think they're, they're loaded with great blitzing linebackers or, you know, blitzing safeties. I suppose Sidney Brown could potentially play that type of role, but they don't use them there. Um, but, but personnel wise, <laughs> excuse me. They're not like um, they, they don't have guys who I, I point to and say like, these are great blitzers, like great natural blitzers, right? I mean, they're, their defense is, is, is built around the front four and, and or the front five in some cases and getting pressure with those guys. And they're simply not getting enough of those. And uh, Josh Sweat alluded to it. Almost, he's, he's, he's sick of almost. He used another term in there. He's effing sick of almost or effing tired of almost, right? But but almost isn't good enough right now. Um, now, offensively, blitzing, yeah, that's where, you're know, like, I uh, – I have this debate, or, or I shouldn't say this debate. I take this stance with with Bo on the show during the week that that like I'm a players guy. I, I don't put everything on the coaches, but you you need more blitz beaters, right? Um, and I saw Dan Orlovsky tweet that during the game on that play. I was referring to that fourth down. You you know they were sending pressure there. What's you know what's your blitz beater there? Uh, what's what's what what's your play design? And I I'm not seeing. Um, I'm not seeing them handle that well enough there. Right, right. What are your answers when you know the blitz is coming? Um, so, so, uh, that, 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 that needs to be a point of emphasis here, uh, because uh, teams are, are, are going to send a pressure at them.
0: Did, uh, did Sirianni talk about these, the, um, possessions at the end of the first half when he gives the ball to the Cowboys with a little bit too much time remaining, they go down and score a touchdown and then he sort of turtles at the end, doesn't go for a Hail Mary. Did he talk about that at all?
2: He did not know. Okay. No, so so the you think they should have gone long. for a hail mary there? Okay, What's that? yeah. So you so you thought they should have gone for a, a hail mary there?
0: Well, I thought they should have handled the clock better when they had the ball in the red zone yeah. to give the Cowboys less time. Okay. And then yes, I thought they should have yeah. gone for a hail mary. But yeah. I mean, I'm not that. Yeah. We're talking about like yeah. a one percent chance of it mattering. But yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, the play that was a killer play for them was that Keely Ringo uh, personal foul slash pass interference slash allowing the possession like um yeah, that tough. was that was a bad rep for keely right there um but, <laughs> but yeah you know, there was a buck 38 the- <laughs> yeah. hey i was just quoting man i wasn't <laughs> but there was a buck 38 on the clock at that point i think um there was actually time for the eagles to force them off the field and actually get the ball back but certainly the one thing you can't do there is is, is let up a touchdown and i thought that at the time right like i I said that at the time you just you, you need to handle there were, at, at that point they were getting the ball to start the second half the way they managed the end of the half is uh, is is critical and this is this is two weeks in a row by the way right like San Francisco scored going into halftime too. the, the way you play I, I hear coaches call it like the middle four or the middle six the middle eight uh, however whichever time frame but let's call it the middle four for here the last two minutes of the second half, the first two minutes, uh, um, the last minutes of the first half, the, and the first two minutes of the second half, that can that can shake a game up, right? Because there's a free possession in there. So uh, I, I think that the Eagles need to do a much better job in that situation. And, and uh, that did not come up, but I imagine it will come up this week.
1: So, Zach, uh, I saw LaShawn Shady McCoy tweet out, how, how the hell is number 41 and even in the NFL? Uh, <laughs> referring to Nicholas Morrow. Uh, now obviously Shaq Leonard had a lot on his plate, uh, joining a new team this week, uh, is the hope going forward, at least for me personally, um, that we never see Nicholas Morrow again, because to me, it feels like the other team just attacks him uh, when he's on the field Uh, fair or unfair. That's how I feel watching it with my naked eye. Um, is Shaq Leonard going to be able to supersede Nicholas Morrow? I, I feel like it's such a silly question.
2: Well, first off, not not trying to defend Nicholas Moore. I, I thought he made a few nice plays tonight. Um, he made one. A, nice relatively play speaking, to, he nice play. the play at the goal line. Yeah, the play the goal line was a nice play. Yeah. That was it. The, oh, the yeah, other other
0: breakup would... was like, you know, as gifted an interception as could have possibly yeah. been an interception. And he just batted it down like he had stumps for hands. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. All right. Tell um, me what I'm talking more, Zach. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Shaq Leonard's going to push into that. Now, Zach Cunningham needs to be healthy. Zach Cunningham came off the field at one point there. Um, but, uh, I, I think that, uh, that overall there's, uh, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Morrow. I imagine he's going to be replaced at, at, at some point here by, uh, by Shaq Leonard.
0: Did Sirianni answer any Christian Ellis
2: questions after the game? No, 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 no. Christian yeah. Ellis did not come up in this in this post game. Believe it or not.
0: I mean, their point differential in the uh, in the post Ellis era minus twenty. Not very good.
2: Uh, I suppose so. Ball, yeah. don't lie. I actually wasn't thinking about Christian Ellis, Yeah, I suppose so. Ball, don't lie. <laughs> I suppose so.
1: Uh, Zach, did you get any uh, injury updates on Cam Jurgens uh, and was Reed Blankenship in the locker room? Did he say he felt all right? Did you get any updates
2: there on either of them? Yes. Yeah, so read blank he, con- he has a concussion. All right. That's the, so, so he actually gave the concussion. So he, he by league rule, can't talk until uh, he's out of the concussion protocol. Right. Cam Jurgens went back into the game. Um, I, I, I saw Cam in the locker room. I was at that time he was in there. I was speaking, I believe to what, uh, speaking of Devante, that's what it was. Um, so did not catch up with Cam, but, um, but, yeah, he went back in the game. I think that's a good sign. Although it was interesting, Landon Dickerson was the center for those last few snaps. So instead of Cam, that, that stood out to me.
0: All right, uh, Zach, what are we going to be reading from allphly.com in the wee hours of the morning here?
2: Yeah, the, yeah this is one of these, uh, you know, you finish writing, you look at the clock, you get an hour and a half of sleep, Oof. head to the airport. What yeah. time are you getting home? Um, uh well i'm actually not gonna go home i'm gonna go you know to the studio i, I land at like uh noon and then okay i'm in kind of that no man's land because we have to show at four so uh
0: you gotta find a lot so to we'll change. Some...
2: i quite literally do yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah I'll, I'll I'll find a place to change um but um <laughs> make sure you take a video for PHLY. <laughs> That's, that's for the diehards.
1: Everybody's Zach. calling for more nudity. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, don't give that away for free. That's yeah, what you got to pay for uh, yeah
0: Yeah,
2: no, we got to sale on diehards hard. right now. <laughs> yeah, but, well, uh, up until the end of the night, right? So I, um, I'm yeah, not sure what time it, it ends, but we
1: are past midnight.
2: Yeah, but
0: yeah, now you got to pay still, the full, full <laughs> fare to see Zach changing after he gets into Philadelphia.
2: Yeah. I read one of the YouTube comments that said I, I didn't know what I was talking about when I said it pays for itself. What I was referring to was that you get the shirt with it, okay? So then you deduct the cost of the shirt. Then you get the event discounts with it. So then if you go to enough events and all of a sudden it's paying for itself. That's what I meant. I know mm. what the term means. It's paying for itself. <laughs> um, so so what can you read? You can read about like um, this is a team that that is like this is a clear wake-up call. And I've actually written the wake-up call thing all, all, yeah. already. These two losses are—it's like an indictment I of this the team. Hit the snooze button. It's,
0: this is the, yeah, This is the. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So I, I can't say wake-up call, but like this is this is a, a startling picture. Like Jason Kelsey, he, he said it. Like they don't control. I, I don't use the term control the destiny anymore. Nick uh, Chip Kelly told me not to use it because uh, he said destiny is predetermined, so therefore it cannot be controlled. Um, you so don't have to listen to everything edge. Chip
0: Kelly says. It's you know he's not here anymore. He's not your boss.
2: No, but if someone says something that's accurate, I'll I'll, I'll listen to it. Um, so they they, they they don't control it. their it
0: Destiny via the former Eagles defensive
2: tackle. Yeah. So so they don't control <laughs> their playoff path anymore. Okay, um, like they don't. They're, they're, San Francisco has the edge on them here, um, but this is a team that that. It's it's similar to what, um, to what I said here. Like they're gonna face these guys. In, they're gonna face these types of teams in the playoffs. If they want to get to where Eagles fans expect them to be, the final game of the year, they're they're gonna have to be able to beat San Francisco. They're gonna have to be able to beat Dallas, and they might have to be able to beat these teams on the road, right? And uh, and, and so the Eagles have a, a lot to clean up. But I'm I'm gonna deal with kind of the. The, uh, I'll, I'll try to paint the picture of the locker room, give kind of color about uh, where they are right now and and how they were processing this. Uh, but the premise of it's gonna be what needs to be fixed first because there are a bevy of issues here. And and, and, and the idea, is a loss a loss or does the way they lost these past two weeks, does that matter? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to tackle those and, and weave it into a narrative that uh, when you guys watching the show wake up in the morning, You'll be able to read that on all and we'll discuss it on uh, tomorrow's show that I will be, uh, uh I'll, I'll be pushing it through with adrenaline and then I'll get home. I'll give my, uh, I'll give my wife and kids a kiss and I'll head to the basketball game. So, uh, oh man, pack day, yeah, pack oh, day tomorrow, no. pack day tomorrow. Yep.
1: Yeah. Zach, yeah. it's funny you say that. Cause I said earlier, I said style points don't matter when you win cause a wins a win, but when you get your doors mm-hmm. blown off in a loss, style points certainly seem to mean something.
2: Oh, you're right. And, like, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly that uh, if, if you're competitive in a loss, you can come away saying, all right, you know, a, a play here or play there. When you lose the way the Eagles did to the 49ers last week and the way they did to the Cowboys tonight, you can't say a play here or a play there. What you say is that team's much better than us, right? And you need to fix it. Like, like they – and there's not a lot of time. It's, a, it's not as if there's this bye week. It's not as if, like, you know, they have um, – now the schedule does get lighter, but it's, I mean, I mean, you're going cross country to Seattle, a team that's desperate right now. Like they badly need a win. They're tough at home. Uh, yeah, a loss, how you lose matters to me. And, uh, I also think how you win matters, but how you lose matters. And they, they, uh, they, they, they need to fix this. This, that plane ride home is going to be a long plane ride back for those guys. I'm All curious right. what Fletcher says to us on Tuesday.
0: I'm curious as well. And uh, I'm hoping that maybe uh, I can get somebody to join me to do a post-game podcast tomorrow night from your basketball game. I feel like that'll be a fun one to watch.
2: Mm. You know, we have to rebound after, after 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 the way we played last week. And so I'll put it on myself to to try to improve. No right. fouls late in the game.
0: Zach, go uh, go get some quick writing done. Get a couple hours of sleep, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock on the PHLY Eagles podcast. Thank you so much. Look forward to it. Thanks. See you, Zach. All right, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Phly Eagles post game show. The Eagles falling thirty three to thirteen. Can I
1: ask what's uh, wrong between the ears with Niners fans? Yeah, what do you, you what, can ask that? Yeah, we played you guys last week. What are you What are you doing? What are you doing?
0: That's That's all I got. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, you know, like, live it up because uh, all the injuries will catch up to them eventually. You got, you got to take take your wins where you can get it's it. It's you know? just real weird. It's a little weird. That's all. But I don't know.
1: Just hit that like button while you're in here. Go, go, go. You know, <laughs> find a significant other. Like, I've looked at the chat here and there a little bit tonight, and it's like seventy five percent Niners
0: fans. <laughs> cry, movie. Eagles cry. Movie, yeah. Weirdos. Yeah. We'll see. Um, all right. Make sure that uh, if you are an honest fan, you're at least liking the uh, video and uh, subscribing to the channel because we've got a lot more of these that you can come, uh, you know, hang out in. So uh, everybody else do that as well. And we will talk to you tomorrow at four o'clock on the PHLY Eagles podcast. Again, uh, a tough, devastating loss for the Eagles. Another blowout loss floundering now with four games remaining ahead of uh, next week's monday nighter in seattle see if they can write the ship so for jamie and andrew thumbs and down Zach jerk and Bo, we thank you for uh thank you for listening thank you for watching we'll talk to you tomorrow and as always go niners just kidding
2: <laughs> Good night. <laughs>